So someone was asked one time when a man dies, what does he leave behind? And the answer is everything. Everything. You don't get to take anything with you, right? But the one thing that's going to be left behind that people will see and talk about for years after you're gone is your name. Is your name. There's probably been very few people who had the opportunity to look at their epitaph ahead of time and say, you know what, I don't like what I see. I think I will change that. But there was a man that that happened to. Toward the end of the 19th century, a Swedish chemist by the name of Alfred Nobel woke up one morning, opened his local newspaper, and read his own epitaph. And this is what it said. Alfred Nobel, the inventor of dynamite, who died yesterday, devised a way for more people to be killed in a war than ever before. And he died a very rich man. Well, the truth was it was actually his brother who died. It wasn't him. But after reading that epitaph, he realized that's, that was not something he wanted to have said about him. He much would rather have said So He had the opportunity to change what, what was going to be said on his tombstone. Uh, it, it had a profound effect on him. He decided he wanted to be known for something other than developing dynamite and killing people. So he initiated the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, the award for scientists, writers who foster peace. And, and Alfred Nobel said this. He said, every man ought to have the chance to correct his epitaph, epitaph in midstream and write a new one. But that would be kind of neat, wouldn't it? If you could look down the road ahead of time and see what was going to be said about you when you died and have the opportunity to change that before it took place. There's probably a few things that would change us as much as looking at our life as though it is finished, as though it is finished. So tonight we're going to be talking about a godly heritage, um, and we're going to be talking about a legacy. Uh, when you read through the Bible's pages, you read about a number of people who left really great legacies. Turn, if you will, please, to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, begin reading at verse 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda uh, was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter came. Peter rose and went with them. When he came, he brought him, he brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by weeping and showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with him. But Peter put them out and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. Here, here was a lady here who, whose legacy uh, was that she had done good deeds and good works for those, those who lived in her community. So whenever she left this world, uh, of course, the things that were said about her were, were, the, were the things that were left and talked about were the good works that she did. 
In Acts chapter 10, only one chapter over, verse 38, when we read about Jesus, it was said of him that he went about doing good. And, and we know that as Jesus preached and went from town to town with his disciples, that he, they would bring out the sick, they would bring out the lame, they would bring out the blind. And Jesus was performing perform those miracles. Of course, we know or recognize the legacy that he left even for us to follow. In, in James chapter 2 and verse 23, it is said that Abraham was called a friend of God. A friend of God. Wouldn't that be something to have written on your tombstone when you pass from this life? This was a friend of God. And Antipas was called by Jesus himself. He said uh, that Antipas was my faithful martyr in Revelations chapter 2 and verse 13. But but everybody that you read about in the Bible didn't leave, uh, leave a good history or a good legacy or a good name for people to follow. It is said of Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 33, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. So there's a man who left a legacy, of course, that people would talk about forever, probably, about how bad he really was. And then Mark would say in Mark chapter 14, verse 21, of one man named Judas, it would have been better for that man if he had never been born, if he had never been born. So, you know, when we leave this world, what are we going to leave behind? Well, we're going to leave, we're going to leave a name. We're going to leave a name. And what we should strive to do, of course, is leave a name that we can be proud of, that our family can be proud of, that people can say good things about us instead of like Ahab and Judas. So, so what's so great about a godly legacy? What's so great about a great heritage? Well, as a matter of wisdom, Scripture teaches it's the kissing cousin to wisdom. When we make wise choices, our legacy and influence will increase. As we talked about uh, the things that we learned from Proverbs, it's like looking into the book and being able to take the words of wisdom that we find in the book and apply those to our lives as we look down the road so that we make better choices in, in our life. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1, uh, and you think about it, uh, it's a matter of what lasts, things that do last, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Consider, when you die, your wealth will become another's. It'll belong to somebody else. But your name will still belong to you. Your legacy will still be yours. The memory of the righteous, we find in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 7, the memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. So uh, having a godly legacy is about the influence that we have not only in this life, but the influence we're going to leave behind us. Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5, he said, the meek shall inherit the earth. They shall have a godly heritage. The meek shall inherit the earth. So as we live our life as a Christian, we should realize and we should strive to live our life so that whenever we do pass from this world, our families will have something to hold on to. We'll be able to remember us by. <clears throat> uh, in Psalms chapter 112, if you want to turn over to that, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. The psalmist had something very interesting to say uh, about, about, about death and dying and legacies. Psalms chapter 112, verses 1 through 6. 
Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will ever be sh- surely he will never be shaken. The righteousness the righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. So the psalmist himself would say in that beautiful psalm that it, 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 the way that we live our life is the way that we're going to be remembered. Uh, so we have to think about that. God had a very special way of exalting those who humbled themselves before him. Look, if you will, in the book of James, James chapter 4, verse 10. Continue to look at some, some we find verses in the Old Testament, of course, and in the New Testament. James chapter 4, and verse 10. Well, I keep turning too many pages here. Uh, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Very simple statement made, but it just talks about, again, about the way we should live our life, and the way who we should surrender to. Joseph, if you stop and think about people who lived their lives and how they were how they were remembered, think about Joseph, if you will, just for a moment, in the, in the land of Egypt. He was sold into the land of Egypt as a slave uh, by his own brothers. Uh, and 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 he, he while he was there, you know, he spent some time in prison. But at the same time, he proved himself to be a man of God, a man who was faithful. And look how he ended up. He ended up ruling, the, being the second highest ruler in all the land of Egypt. And not, that was all because of the way he lived his life, the choices he made about serving God always and doing the right things. And then again, you stop and think about Paul in the New Testament. How that Paul, because of the way he lived his life, because of his faith, he got the chance to speak to kings and emperors and take the gospel message to Rome. But he got to do this only after he demonstrated a character dedicated to the furtherance of the gospel, living his life in such a way that uh, he would that he would earn the right to do that very thing. Wisdom, of course, as we said earlier, is the ability to see and to choose what is best. We should all want to do that for our own selves, for our own families. So think about some areas in which we are, which we are leaving a legacy. We are going to leave a legacy, right? One of the ways, one of the places we will leave a legacy is in our family, is with our families. Uh, the, uh, the light that shines brightest shines brightest at home. Uh, that's 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 where a man. You know, his, he will be looked at in his home, how his home life is. People will look at him and they will have things to say about him because of the way he treats his family, the way he treats his wife, the way he treats his children. In Proverbs chapter 13, in verse 22, we read, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So again, the way that we... Uh, the way that we uh, live our lives at home, the way we care for our, our families, the way we care for our wife, our husband, the way we care for our children, the way they're raised, the way that we teach them, 
Those are going to be the things that speak about us after, after we leave this world. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 29, it says, He who troubles his own house shall inherit the wind. So, again, a man doesn't strive to live the right kind of life in his home, who doesn't strive to bring his family up in the right way, to teach them godly ways, it says this, this guy is going to inherit the wind, okay? The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 7. One of the very best things an individual can do for his or her family is to lead a godly life. Uh, if you will remember from the book of Proverbs chapter 31, the last book when it talks about the uh, uh, the blessed woman in chapter 31 says, her children shall rise up and call her blessed. And, and that was because of the way she lived her life. That was because of the decisions she made, the way she loved her husband, and the way she took care of her family. So, of course, it's not just the man, but it's the, it's the woman of the house, too. It's the one who, and the way she raises her children, she will be known for that. Uh Thinking about a different area in which we are leaving a legacy or heritage is demonstrated uh, in the quality of life. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, life seems to have a qualitative aspect. It doesn't just look in at time at terms of time, but every man dies, but not, not every man really lives. So let's think about some factors that impact our quality of life. One, of course, of those things is wisdom. Is wisdom itself. In Proverbs chapter 9, in verse 11, we read, By wisdom your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. Uh, that's a promise from God, right? A promise from God. If we are seeking his wisdom, if we're trying to follow his word, if we're living according to his commandments, he said, your days will be multiplied. Your days will be lengthened. Your days will be given more, and years of life will be added to you. So we, we ask ourselves this question, does our life demonstrate the joy that we feel of being a Christian? D does our lives demonstrate the peace that we should have of being children of God? And, and does our life demonstrate contentment? You stop and think about Paul and the life that he lived. and You know, you read through uh, the different things that happened to Paul in his life. He talks about being shipwrecked and been in prison and beaten with stripes and all that stuff, and you say, wow, man, there's a guy who just didn't quit, right? He just didn't quit. And of course, we saw how that, how he ended up in Rome getting to talk to rulers about the gospel. But, but you, you, the one thing Paul would say about himself, he said, I have learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. He says, if I have money, I could be happy with that. If I don't have money... I can be happy with that. Just knowing that I'm a child of God, just knowing that I'm trying to live according to God's plan. Uh, look over, if you will, in, at the book of, in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10 and verse 10. And, and I, I'd like for us to think about this just for a moment. John chapter 10 and verse 10. It reads this way. And, and the, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life 
and that they may have it more abundantly. More abundantly. That, that, those are words in my Bible are red, red letter. Those are Jesus' words, right? And so stop and think about that. He's saying that not only can we have a life as we live here in this world, but, but as a child of God, as a child of God who's following his word to keep his commandments, we can have a life, a much better life, by being a child of God and following his will. Talking about the quality of life. Uh, uh, so, and, and the interesting thing about that, it doesn't say, well, you could have a, a great quality of life uh, if, if you have enough money to do that. It doesn't depend upon riches. It doesn't matter about money. You know, Paul, like I said, would say that he is content in whatever state he was in. Um, so we notice that the quality of life does not depend on the quantity of riches. I would that all of us should slow down sometime and consider what truly matters. What truly matters. As, and, and also think about what we, what we have. When you, when you stop and think about the things that we have in this country, uh, you just start to realize how blessed we are. Uh, perhaps, I know some, you guys have been to Albania. Uh, we used to support works down in Mexico. Steve's been down to Honduras. And we see poverty in, in this world. India, obviously, in India there's poverty. Uh, in the Philippines, uh, when, we, when we see those part of things and how people are living there, we start to realize just how fortunate we are to live in this great country, to enjoy the freedoms that we have. Another area of, uh, in our life that we should think about and uh, think about leaving a legacy is, is our spiritual growth, our own spiritual progress. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 24, we read, The way of life winds upward for the wise, that he may turn away from hell below. So, um, as, as, as we become a child of God, as we get, start living the Christian life, as we turn to God's word and seek wisdom and look for ways, better ways to serve the God, uh, the God of heaven, uh, then we start to realize our spirituality is, is growing also. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through 16, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 11 through 16 I know Sister Nelda likes to look these verses up, so. But that's not why I'm slow tonight. I'm just slow. Paul is writing to the young man Timothy. He would have this to say. Uh, verses 11. He says, These things command and teach. Let no one despise you, youth, but he, an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I, come, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortations, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is, give, that is in you, which was given you by, the, by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourselves entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So there... People should be able to look at our lives and see where we enter the church and at, at what point in time in our lives we enter the church. And as we live a Christian life, as we grow closer to God, as we follow his commands, 
as Paul would tell Timothy there, pay attention to uh, the reading, to exhortations, and to doctrine. And he tells us why to do that, right? He says, so that what? Uh, we can continue in them. We can take heed uh, to ourselves in the doctrine. And in doing so, he says, we'll save not only ourselves, but others who might have the chance to hear us. So our faith should be growing and our faith should be evident. And 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 certainly uh, whenever it comes our time to quit the walks of men, that is one thing that we would love to have said about us, right? That as people look at our lives, wouldn't it be able to say there was the man who feared God and kept his commandments? <clears throat> look at you just look around you and think about Christians who are growing today and those that we know who are studying God's word and those who are living the Christian life. And you think, you know, they're living that great life, that life that Jesus said you will have life and have it more abundantly. People see that and the uprights say, I want to be our, I want to be more like that. I want to know what makes that what makes that person special. What you know, what is it that that person has in his life or her life I don't have in mind, and I would want to see that. Another another thing that we should be growing in is is our reverence for the Lord God Himself. In Proverbs chapter ten and verse twenty seven. The, the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. <clears throat> so that reverence that we have for God, that, that should be growing all along the way. And how, how is it going to be made manifest in our lives? How are people going to see that? Well, it will show up. And the way that we talk about sacred things, like the way that we talk about God, about the, the things that we say about the church, the things that we say about worship and the things that we say about fellowship and authority. Um, when you stop and listen to what people say today in the world and hear people talk, you don't hear a lot of reverence for the Lord God himself. In fact, it's anything but that in some, some cases. So one who reveres and enjoys God demonstrates a different quality of life. And the life that we live here in this world is going to be different than the kind of a life that a man lives who doesn't have God, who doesn't know God, and who isn't seeking to keep his commandments. There, there's, another, there's another area that, that the book of Proverbs talks about quite a bit, and it's talking about the, or the grief that we bring our parents. And, and that's, we, we do that by the way that we live our life. What, you know, as we live our life, <clears throat> how, how does... How does mom and dad feel about the way that we live our life, right? In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1, it says, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. So, you know, as we as we live our lives, we have to understand that if we're, you know, if we're wise choices, if we're seeking to serve God, then it's going to make our fathers happy. But at the same time, if we're not, it could very well grieve our mothers. <clears throat> if our choices are habitually causing our parents grief, we're not being very wise. We're not making very good choices. In fact, we're doing something quite different than that. In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 1, the writer says, A wise son heeds his father's instruction. <clears throat> I happen to be 71 years old. 
But uh, I, I can still remember very plainly, very clearly, a number of things that my father told me as I grew up. Uh, Jimmy, I was looking at you, and I was thinking about your dad, Vernon. And I can think, you know, that, that our fathers gave us some very good instructions in growing up. In fact, I think probably because we followed those instructions as best we could, maybe that's where we are today and why we are still here today. When you think about so many of our people who grew up with us, who, you know, maybe who were even in the church with us when we were young, where are they today? They, they've fallen away. They've fallen away from God. They've fallen away from the church in so many cases. In Proverbs chapter 23, verses 24 and 25, we read, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a, wild a wise, not wild, wise child will delight in him. Sorry about that. Let your fathers and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. So, again, admonition for us to, to live the kind of life that we should, to listen and follow the instructions of our parents, and to live the kind of life that would make them proud. Because, of course, that, that too is going to be something that's going to be remembered about us. How will people remember us? They will remember that we, there was one who made his father proud, who walked in his father's footsteps. Or there was one whose mother, uh, who, who made his mother's proud. And in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 26, we read, He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son uh, who causes shame and brings reproach. So again, uh, we want to live our life in such a way. We want to make the kind of choices that will, that as we, as you young people are growing up, that your parents will be proud of you. And those of us who, you know, have lived our lives, hopefully we are where we are today because of the fact that we did listen to our parents. Uh, when you think about uh, this influence again, you think about how, how are you seen by other people? How, you know, we talked about how your parents look at you and how we tried to be in, you know, live the kind of life that would make our parents proud. But, but how do other people see us? Do they see us as peacemakers? Do they see us as people who love God? And Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. As we live our life, um, and as we try to please God and keep his commandments, he said, if we're doing those things, even those who are our enemies will stand back in awe and look at the way we live life, and we'll be at peace with them. Have you ever known anyone who perhaps uh, some folks just don't seem to be happy unless everyone around them is just as miserable and upset as they are? They're not, they're not fun people to be around, right? Uh, uh, people who are looking for ways to cause strife and hostility and division. Of course, we don't want to be around those kind of people, and we don't want to be those kind of people. We don't want to be the kind of people that, that friends and neighbors and other people don't want to be around us because what? We don't, we don't have a great disposition, or we don't have a happy disposition. We we're, don't we're look like people who are happy to be children of God. That would be terrible to live a life that way. The upright in verse in chapter twelve, chapter two of Proverbs, verses twenty-one and twenty-two says, "The upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it." 
you know, the, the, New, the New Testament talks about this idea of being blameless. Do you remember where it's found? Whenever we read about people being blameless? Read the qualifications over in Timothy and Titus for an elder, right? Because it says that he is to be blameless. But not only elders, but children of God should be blameless. Blameless and uprightness are characteristics seen not uh, not just by God, God, but by the people who live around us in the areas where we live. People see us and they recognize us. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 31, we read, If the righteous will be recompensed on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner? We're going to answer for the kind of life that we live. And, of course, we will answer to God in judgment for the kind of life that we live. So we should strive, of course, to keep to live the kind of life that would allow us to say on our graves when we die, here was the man who loved God. Here was a person who loved God. Here was a person who loved his family. Here was a person who loved his parents, who kept their instruction. Here was the man who made people proud. Here was someone who was fun to be around, someone who was uh, a good person to be around. So as we think about living a life and that legacy we're going to live, what kind of qualities uh, do uh, especially seem to affect our legacy for good? So if we're thinking about leaving the right kind of legacy, what, what kind of things do we need to incorporate in the life that we live? Well, one of them would be this idea of meekness, this idea of meekness. In Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 3, it is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. So living a life of meekness and not being quarrelsome are, are, uh, is at least one uh, of the many things that we probably should strive for as we are thinking about the legacy that we live in this world. In this world. <laughs> living, you stop, you, of course, you stop and think about Jesus and, and the, the meekness he demonstrated in the life he lived. And he, of course, wasn't uh, he wasn't noted as being quarrelsome. He was noted as a man we read earlier, a man who did good works wherever he went. People were always glad to see Jesus come into a community because of the work that he would do. Uh, meekness is a decision to stop arguing and to allow God to have the last word in a dispute. Not seeking always to win, but rather seeking uh, for righteousness to be seen. Another another thing that we should strive for in our life as we think about the legacy we're going to live is this idea of being committed to hard work, being committed to hard work. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11 says, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. There, there is something to be said about working hard all of your life. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, I, I still I still work and I still have people who work for me. One of the things that surprises me today is the lack of work ethics in some of the young people coming out of our colleges. It's really scary. It really is. We just don't see people who who are committed to hard work or even who understand sometimes what hard work is. But but it's important to shape our lives and to help us be the kind of people we should be. Uh, a person who's striving to leave the right kind of legacy will be disciplined in his speech. We will be careful of the words that we use, the tone of our voice, and the way that we say those words. In, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13 says, 
A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. And in chapter 17, verse 27, he who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. So as we seek to live the kind of life that God would have us live, as we as as we are, as we live, determining what will be said on that tombstone we live, we should be guarding the things that we say. A, a man who is trying to live that kind of life will be a generous person. Uh, there is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever thought very much about this, but a man who's trying to live that kind of life is a man who is teachable. Do you ever think about that? Uh, that how that, you know, uh, in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 10 says, rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fuel, on a fool. <clears throat> so as we read God's word, as we study God's words, we seek to serve him, as we seek to grow closer to God, we need to understand the things that we're reading are written for our admonition. These words from the book of Proverbs, these, these instructions written to Timothy, these are things that we can incorporate in our lives and understand that God, you know, Paul wasn't just trying to teach Timothy. He's trying to teach you and I too, right? In his word, he's trying to teach us. We should strive to be obedient and also respectful of authority. And first. Verse 20 of chapter 20, we read, Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. And in chapter 14, verse 2, it says, He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. So the, the way that we treat authority, the way we respect authority, <clears throat> also is going to have a reflection on the life that we live and it's going to have a reflection on what people remember about us whenever we pass in this life. Uh, I think the one thing, another thing we should think about is we study from the book of Proverbs and realize, of course, it is a book about wisdom and it's a book that's filled with things that help us to live a better life is, is the fact that there's, there is value in wisdom itself. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23, the writer says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also, Wisdom and instruction and understanding. Why? Well, because having the truth and because having wisdom and by, and by following instruction written in this book, it's going to help us to be better people. Not only, of course, uh, help us to leave a great legacy, but it's going to help us as we live this life to live that life of peace, uh, that life of understanding, that life that reflects the fact that we love God, we love our fellow man. And finally, we read from Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 11. 11. Wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that one may desire cannot compare with her. Again, there's value in seeking the wisdom that we find in, in the book of Proverbs and throughout God's Word, whether it be Proverbs or, or one of the newest of the books. As we read through them and realize these, these were written for our admonition. These were written for our instruction. To help us to be better people, better children of God. So, you know, very few people have the opportunity or will have the opportunity to 
know what's going to be written on their tombstone, right? But it would be interesting if we could if we could look down that road, see what was going to be written on it, and realize, hey, look, we we have the opportunity to change that today, as, as we live today. After we're gone, we'll not have that opportunity to change that, right? Okay, thank you very much for being here. Uh, I would just remind you that next Wednesday night we will all be in the auditorium together uh, for a devotional, so we'll not have a class next Wednesday night. If you are traveling through the holiday season, please be careful. May the good Lord bless you and keep you safe and bring you back safely to us. And we'll see you in two weeks from tonight.